Well, I looked on Twitter to see the fallout last night of the West Coast Eagles shock 10-point loss here at Optus Stadium. And I saw David King and I was waiting for this big, long, big piece of <laughs> gloating. And all it was was a little blue love heart and a little white love heart. David King joins us <laughs> from the SEN crew and, of course, Fox Footy. Kingy, you must be incredibly proud today. I know you're, I know you're meant to be an unbiased media man, but you can't be after last night. No, I don't even know if you have to be unbiased. I think these people know that uh, you've spent most of your life at a football club. I think you're entitled to cheer them home when they're going through a bit of a rough trot and rebuilding. So uh, it was awesome. It was great to see these young kids get some reward. I mean, it's been a tough year for them. Um, and the coach. I mean, the coach needs a bit of a bit of, a bit of love as well. So, no, it was, it was great. It was great to see a quality battle in the wet. What have you done with your weather over there, you guys? You've just ruined things. <laughs> We haven't got lockdown. We've got nothing. We've got normality, but no one can go outside because it's belting down all the time. <laughs> no, nah, it made for a good game, didn't it? I think we enjoyed the Monday night spectacle. We enjoyed it this season. You just don't know what you're going to see when you, you turn any given game on. Um, it had it all last night. It did. Um, now, let's turn our attention just away from your mob at the moment who are rejoicing, and uh, it was a great win, and they're, and they're relishing uh, the time in the limelight. But let's talk about... Your old mate, Adam Simpson, how do you reckon he's feeling this morning after three losses in a row? And uh, they've all been pretty ordinary. Yeah, look, it's a tough one, isn't it? I mean, you, you start to think, is it, has he shown too much faith in the same names? Is it the end of an era? Have they gone too far and um, and stuck too fat? You know, I, I don't know whether that's the case. Only he would know that. But, you know, there'd be some doubts as to whether it's, the philosophical way that Simo wants to play the game has that now run its race. Um, you know, something's got to give. At the end of this, something's got to give, and you know, change is required because clearly what they've what they've been doing isn't working. Uh, he'd be scratching his head as to which way to go from here. Um, but the one thing that is apparent and is easy is they're still in the race, uh, but something needs to drastically change. I'm not sure you throw, you know, the baby out with the bathwater, but. Maybe maybe playing a bit more adventurous, maybe opening things up a little bit may help. I thought they were different last night. I was calling the game with Paul Hazelby, and he noted a, a distinct change to try and get it quicker and, for the best part, a bit more direct and not so much lateral stuff. Uh, the condition's probably not conducive to that, and maybe you know they could have gone back in their shell. They took the game on, and for that brief moment, that 10-minute patch of the last quarter, they attacked, they got four goals, they got a bit lucky with one of them, Tim Kelly's bouncing goal. And the old North Melbourne might have folded up and made it a bit easier for West Coast. But, gee, they stuck hard. And there were a couple of moments late where West Coast seemed to unravel. Nick Natanui or whoever it was not down there contesting that mark for Goldstein in the mm. goal square. That seemed to have got a lot of uh, headlines there, Kingy. So from an outsider looking in and looking from the outside, did you see any change at all in West Coast style? No, it certainly looked, it looked to be a bit quicker. I'll, yeah. I'll agree with that. Yeah. Uh, I, I still have, you know, just in the back of my mind that, Maybe the best teams in the comp at the moment are moving the ball either super quick and, and short, sharp little kicks, you know, really fast, creating creating constant flow, or they're handballing teams. So look at Sydney, who are all the rage at the moment. Everything's quick, everything's slick. You now the dogs, yep, they got beaten on the weekend by a slick Sydney, but they're aggressive handball game, their overlap game. And you know, the Cats can do it when they play a contender. Um, so I, I just, I think that. I think that you've, you've got to have a look at is the slow method going to work at the pointy end of, of the season, not just this season, 
but trying to you know trying to be futuristic if you like and work out whether this has now run its race do you need to embrace a different model uh and, and i probably think you do uh the possession and control game is probably being beaten far too regularly even when even when Geelong go down that path, they look at a fraction vulnerable. So maybe it's a, maybe it's a turning of the page for Simo and the crew. Jeremy McGovern's been absolutely lambasted, uh, and I know we don't believe everything we read on social media, and I'm on a hiatus from Twitter, so I'm actually feeling good about myself, uh, Kingy. Um, but Jeremy McGovern, <laughs> one of the highest-paid players in the competition. Everyone, you know, we saw that last week. Everyone's pulling out dollars and cents, and is he worth it? And should they trade him on now? He's been terrible for the last year and a bit and the like. This is a bloke who won four All-Australians in a row and was a key player in a premiership win that was the only win that uh, any other team but Richmond have had. Gee, they've come quick for you, don't they? Oh, that's just ridiculous. I mean, I haven't heard that noise over here. Um, and to be honest, if he was to, if he wanted to vacate, uh, there'd be a, it'd be every club in the country coming for him. I mean, he's a, he's a star. It's so hard to get good players. It's so hard to get players of, of that quality. Yeah, okay. Didn't, he's made some mistakes. Uh, we all do. The conditions really didn't uh, didn't suit him last night. But you know, I, I think he's having another solid season. Is it at the heights? Uh, of years gone by, probably not. But we're still looking at his intercept numbers. You know, they're, they're, they're through the roof. He's averaging what, what's he averaging? Uh, three and a half intercept marks a, a game, which is which is in the elite bracket of the competition. He wins the ball back seven or eight times a week. I mean, that, they're pretty strong numbers um, by comparison to a Harris Andrews or you know Jake Lever's the, the number one at the moment. But he's he's more of a flanker type than intercept. So I think the criticism that comes it comes really quick. In the, in the modern game, we've got a lot of people analysing or looking for a headline, um, and sometimes it's a little bit just slightly off off beam. I think this one's a bit uh, bit too strong. David for Jeremy, King, too quick. Yeah, David King, our guest on Sporting Goss here from SEN and of course Fox Footy, love his stuff. Uh, passionate North Melbourne man, but we are dissecting what he's seeing from afar in the regards to the West Coast Eagles. So you're, you, I sense you're still a believer in West Coast. You, uh, albeit they're hanging on by the skin of their teeth, St Kilda are coming, and, you know, you can't write off a couple below them, the Giants, Essendon, maybe still even Richmond. Fremantle are above them on the ladder. That hurts if you're an Eagles man. Um, what, 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 what tweaks have to be made with six weeks to go? Well, I think the biggest question is, do you do what John Longmire did with Sydney and say there's no point finishing seventh or eighth on the table? This is a premiership business. And take your punishment now. Turn the page, play some kids, change your style, develop for the back half of the season, and don't fight tooth and nail for what will be probably a one-week campaign through a final series mm. anyway. I mean, does anyone really give the seventh or eighth finishing team a, a realistic chance of being a contender or getting to us a prelim final. I, I doubt it. I think they'll make up the numbers this year. I think there's been a clear separation between the top six and, and the, the next dozen. So Simo's choice for me or the decision that they've got to make is, do we start the process now or do we fight tooth and nail to finish seventh or eighth? And I think that that's, that's uh, I think you'll come to the, the realisation that this campaign is probably over with this group uh, and it might be time to get rolling now. So does that include making some tough decisions in the short term with some experienced campaigners who I think will go on their terms? And I talk of Shannon Hearn, maybe even Josh Kennedy. 
Um, not too sure that there's too many else, uh, too many others in that group as well. Or and you just say, look, go away. Let's put it in cotton wool. Or do you make the call to say, we're not going to play you going forward, and are you going to? You're more than likely not going to play beyond this year. I mean, that's a pretty tough call to 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 to, to make on two blokes who have done so much for the footy club. Yeah, but it's always the old guys that pay the price, isn't it? At the end of every campaign, you know, there comes a point where you've got to say, OK, where to now? I mean, they've had fantastic careers. They've been unbelievable. And instead of saying, get them out, you say thanks. You know, there's no shame in what they've done. All those guys you've mentioned, there's absolutely no shame. But there's a handover period that is ready there now. I mean, Oscar Allen's ready to take control of this forward line with Jack Darling. Yeah, there's no shame in in saying to, to Josh Kennedy, "Hey, thanks, you've been enormous, but we've run aground. We need to, we need to get on with things." Shannon Hearn, you've never seen a more selfless um, former captain in your life. So, you know, you just celebrate these guys on the way out, if that is to be, um, and then find out what you've got on the list. Is the next wave of talent good enough? That's the challenge that you've always got to be finger on the pulse. Mm. Uh, I think the back half of the season gives you that opportunity. Last couple for you, King. Appreciate your time. Luke Edwards was the medical sub last night. He's played a couple of games. He played a blinder uh, against Richmond late in the game where he uh, goose-stepped a cochin, I think. It was the beginning of the end for Trent. (laughs) Um, Will I say, would you play him in Adelaide? Is Simo, you know him. And I work a little bit with him as well, in a, in a, you know, and do a bit of media with him uh, for, for West Coast Online. You know him. Is there enough theatre in Simo to take Luke Edwards to Adelaide to play against the Adelaide Crows, a team that Luke's dad was an absolute superstar for? Will Simo play on that at all, or is that not in his wheelhouse? Oh, I don't think right now. I, I think there's there's bigger concerns right now. You've got to get your game going. Got to get got to get your competitiveness back. Got to got to find that that little that missing two or three percentage points that's the gap at the moment. So I, I don't think you can get consumed by that sort of stuff. But in saying that, when the two Edwards boys and Foley were in there and yep. playing some pretty good footy, they looked all right. Yeah. You know, I think sometimes. Sometimes youth can surprise you. You know, that inexperience can come in with a bit of enthusiasm and something different, a bit of a spark, if you like. Put some pressure on some of the older guys that they they look around and see, okay, hang on, there's some other decisions being made here. So I, I think going young will never let you down, but he won't do it sheerly on the fact that that uh, his old man played for the Adelaide Crows. <laughs> Damn it. I, I like a bit of I like a bit of theatre. Uh, last one, we're doing it all again in a couple of days. Right here, bizarre no weekend footy in WA, but a Monday night and a Thursday night. Geelong coming across here to take on Fremantle. I know you like where Fremantle are going. I know you like the way that they look uh, under Justin Longmuir. They played probably their best four quarter game on the weekend, albeit against a mediocre opposition in Hawthorne. They take on Geelong, who are certainly right up there as a contender. But they've got to come across here, Geelong. They've got to come across here off a short break. What's your vibe on that game on Thursday night? Well, I've been a little bit critical, to be honest, Gosh, of, of Fremantle to date. I mean, if you have a look at what they've beaten, they've beaten 18th, 17th on the ladder twice, 16th, 15th, 14th, and they beat the Sydney Swans by two points back in round 10. They're the only team they've beaten in the eight. So let's find out who Fremantle are. They sit eight and eight. They've got Geelong, Sydney, Richmond, Brisbane, the Eagles and St Kilda coming home. It's a, it's a horrid, horror run coming home. But I want to find out who they are. 
because have they made some ground? Yes, they have. Have they made um, considerable ground? I'm not sure. So I want to find out what they're like against the best. Their record against the best has been pretty poor. They're one and five against top eight teams with a percentage of 70. So let's find out. So Thursday night, I invite all the heat, and you get a little bit on Twitter, the house of feedback. Um, so if, if, if they get the job done, I look forward to it lighting up. But I've just got my doubts on, on, on have they bridged the gap enough on the best teams in the competition this year. We look forward to Thursday night, the game. You'll hear it on AFL Nation. And we'll also look forward to seeing the Twitter feed, the thread, as they call it, <laughs> Kingy. Hey, good man. Good chat. Uh, when do we see you on the, on the telly? What, what's the role for you in the next couple of days on Fox? Yeah, I'll be on tomorrow night with AFL 360 and back for the weekend with the boys. Hey, you're doing a great job over there, mate. I'm loving your work. It's, uh, it's different. <laughs> it's, it's it's more informative for the West Australian teams for us stuck over here. So we haven't been over there this year, which has been a bit disappointing. So hope you're going well. Good on you, Kingy. Appreciate you taking our call, mate. All the very best and uh, thanks for joining us. On you, guys. He's a good man, David King, and he's up and about. Kangaroos got the job done last night by 10 points in a massive upset, but he's not exactly throwing the baby out with the bathwater with the West Coast Eagles, but does believe the next six weeks will define the club going forward. And as for Fremantle, the proof's in the pudding. We'll know more Thursday night. This is Sporting Goss.